Two Geeks, Two Beers podcast. Nerdy obsessions, drunken ramblings with Morgan Jeffrey and Tom Eames. I think these are old friends we haven't seen for a time. Weight and structure point to low gravity environment. A thin atmosphere. Perhaps a world that's dead now, but a few million years ago could have been teeming with life. I wonder. A name that's been nearly worn out before anything turned up to claim it. Was this really a Martian? Hello, and welcome to Two Geeks, Two Beers. Like TV viewers in 1953 who, legend has it, vacated local pubs, leaving them deserted to rush home and catch the next instalment of the Quatermass experiment, we've temporarily downed our pints to bring you a new episode. I'm Morgan. Tom is uh, just over there. Hello. And this unbegotten pair are about to bring something back from the archives. Tom, I'm talking about Quatermass. Yes. What have you got in the bank for this one? Okay, so I feel like we're, we're going up I don't know, a bit more, um, more professional with this. I don't know, a bit more like um, uh, proper with this one because right. I feel like I, I, I'll be honest. I've never watched any of the Equator masses, Equator my Equator, Equator Messi. Um, however, mm. my dad. Oh, it's his one of his favourite things. Really? Um, and he's always you've 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 held this back from me until yeah, yeah, yeah. start recording. I like this. He's always um he's always banged on about Equator mass um in a way that it seemed too important uh, for me to ever get around to. Right. So I've never really like, uh, made the effort to actually I'm, watch it. If I'm going to get into this, I've got to devote yes. real time and attention to it. Yeah. I don't have the time. Um, Certainly to have the attention. And so I, I sort of know bits and pieces of it, but I've never actually stopped. I know there's lots of different versions of it yep. and all that kind of thing. And it has a kind of War of the Worlds-esque yeah, kind of. Ish. Yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Jeff Wayne's War of the World. I mean, yeah, it's less rock opera vibes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, we recently went to um, the premiere. We got invited to the premiere yeah. of um, Eddie Izzard in uh, Doctor Jekyll. Doctor Jekyll. Yeah. The new uh, the new film from from Hammer. Yeah. Thanks to Jamie Anderson. Yeah. Um, we went to that, and in that they had a little uh, video about the history of Hammer horror, and mm. and part of that. In, you know, included a bit about Quatermass. So yeah, I learned a little bit there. Yeah, at that, at that point, Tom knew that uh, we were doing a Quatermass episode, <laughs> so we sort of, he sort of yeah, but, shot me a look. I was like, "Well, he knows more than he did five minutes ago." Um, so yeah, I, 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 I know that it's. I feel like it's a big deal, but it should be a bigger deal. If you know what I mean? I yeah, I think so. I feel like, given uh, how influential, yeah, it was, um, and how it was very much the first of its kind in many ways. Um, yeah, it feels like it should be more part of the conversation yeah. than, than it is. Yeah. It's it's sort of a hidden gem. Yeah. Um, if you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to being spoiled uh, about the plot and everything yeah, else. It's fine. You've, you've had a drink. You'll, yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll forget. You'll forget. I, I, but now, I'm because I'm, before I was like, I can say anything. Tom doesn't know. It's fine. The, yeah, the, the bar is low. Yeah. Whereas now, I'm like, well, mi- mis- Mr. Eames, what's your dad's name? Keith. Keith. Yeah. Keith might be tuning. It's like the. Has, he might actually listen to this. Has podcast. never listened to this podcast before, but yeah. Keith might tune in and be like, well, I'll see what they've got. And now I'm. <laughs> oh. be like, well, that's incorrect. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Keith's going to gonna, gonna school me. Oh, yeah. wow. Um, well, so th- th- there is a lot to learn okay. 
Um, is this going to be like homework? Is it, is it, no, 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 it's going to be fun. Okay. But this is a, this is a 10 pager. Uh, um, there's a lot to get through. It's been worse. So let's, so let's knuckle down. Okay. And, and just, we'll, get, we'll get through it together, all of us. But uh, I felt like this was suitable. This episode is coming out, coming out around about Halloween. Yeah, like a little bit of so a spooky vibe. I, I felt like this was, this was suitable. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, Quatermass. So, Professor Bernard Quatermass is a heroic British scientist. Oh, did, I, already? Yeah. Didn't know it was the name of a bloke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, that's I that's thought Quatermass was like the thing they found in the floor. What? I thought, whatever it was, I don't know anything about it. I thought whatever it was. What, what, do you, what do you mean the thing they found in the floor? I'm picturing a thing that lands to Earth. I'm probably right. still thinking of War of the World. In the floor. But it yeah. said Quatermass on it and they called it that oh. or something. <laughs> what? What is it? I don't know. It seems to have landed in the floor. That's what they say. <laughs> yeah. It landed, in the floor. It landed in the floor. Okay, well, I've learned. Oh, you good. thought like it was... Oh, like equator mass. Yeah, 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 yeah. You they thought, called it uh, like a. I thought I, I, whether it was a, it was called that. Yeah. Or I genuinely thought equator mass meant a th- that was a word. It was, it was a noun. Yes. Yeah. That's the that's the thing I'm looking. It at. it landed in the floor and it left equator mass. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Now it's just his name. It's his name. Oh, that's an amazing name. It's a great name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Quatermass um, is not a hole in, in the floor. Okay. Quatermass is an aerospace engineer um, who leads the British Experimental Rocket Group, um, or Berg. I don't think it's ever actually called Berg. I just made that up. Oh. Um, pioneering the UK's space program and confronting alien forces that threaten humanity. So coming up. How a famous children's author played a part in an iconic piece of sci-fi television. The unusual reason one viewer had a Quatermass story spoiled for her and the Doctor Who crossover that almost was. And if you're very good, there might be a fact smash or two. A Quater smash, if you will. (laughs) So, Nigel Neal, who created the character, is well regarded in science fiction circles and beyond uh, for his work on Quatermass, as well as other works, including a 1954 adaptation of George Orwell's 1984, starring Peter Cushing. I feel like we don't breathe. Never seen it. No, that, well, that's fine. It's from 1954, but I feel like we don't talk enough about Peter Cushing on this podcast. No. He, he's such a like, cult, we have cult, done. cult icon, but like... Still not enough. No, not, there's never, never yeah. enough. Uh, 1968 BBC drama, The Year of the Sex Olympics. What's that? The Year of the Sex Olympics. Actually, it's, uh, it's very kind of... So what, what it is, it's a drama about the elite of society. Yeah. It's, set in the, it's set in the sort of not-too-distant future. It's about the elite of society and how they kind of brainwash uh, the, the, the lower rungs of society with um, pornography, but also just sort of reality television. And it sort of invented reality television before reality television was also... was, 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 wow. was, was a thing. Okay. Um, it kind of... So Nigel Neal kind of predicted the rise of reality TV and yeah, wasn't wasn't a fan. Right. Um, and uh, 1972 horror, The Stone Tape. Uh, also, if you're a fan of cult television, you'll have heard of The Stone Tape also from Nigel Neal. Uh, those who have cited him as an influence include Russell T. Davies, uh, Mark Gatiss, Stephen King, and John Carpenter, who recruited Neil to write the third installment in the Halloween film series, uh, Season of the Witch, though Neil's name was removed 
from the final film as he was unhappy with changes made to the script. Uh, In 1953, Neil was working as a staff writer at the BBC and was assigned to create a new six-part serial to run on Saturday nights in July and August, creating the first science fiction production to be written especially for a British adult television audience. So there's a lot of caveats there, but it was was essentially the first British sci-fi TV show for adults. Okay. Yeah. So pre-Doctor Who... About about ten years before wow. before Doctor Who, and okay. I mentioned Doctor Who earlier. We'll get we'll get onto like how profound an influence Quater Mass had on on Doctor Who, which is another reason why it should be talked about more. Uh, so Neil initially named his leading character Professor Charlton, not but you know a bit dull. Uh, he later decided he wanted a more striking and memorable name. Uh, a native of the Isle of Man, Neil was inspired by the fact that surnames beginning with Q-U were, co- were common on the island, oh. uh, and he picked the character's unusual surname from a London telephone directory. So it's actually as an actual name. It's not just like, just make some shit up. Oh. It's like actual people call... It's how uh, Gary Newman did it as well. Just <laughs> picked a name out of the yellow pages. What, go. Newman? Yeah, yeah. What's his real name? Uh, Gary Webb. Uh, yeah. yeah. But like, Newman's not like that much sexier than Webb. Nah. No. Quatermass. Gary Quatermass. Yeah, I mean, been, that's quite the pop star name. That is. Um, the first name, Bernard, uh, was in honour of the astronomer uh, Bernard Lovell, founder of the Jodrell Bank Observatory. And and uh, he is called Bernard, I would, uh, I would hasten to say. Like, I feel like when, I feel like Bernard. Mm, that's a sexy name. But I don't feel, I don't think it's a real name. I think I feel like Bernard yeah. is just people called Bernard. It's like Hyacinth Bouquet. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it's people called Bernard who just don't want to like, you know, wake up to reality. It's like, you were christened Bernard. It's like um, Roberta Di Matteo. It's a sexy name for a footballer. Yeah. Bob Matthews. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I, I genuinely, I used to work in a pub mm. and there was a, a, a chef who worked in the kitchen and uh, his, he, a French chef and his name was uh, Guillaume Wallace, uh, which translates to William Wallace. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's 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 a cool name as well. Yeah, no, but yeah, no, it's a great name. But it's, it was just like sounds great with Guillaume Valez, and it's like, oh, <laughs> William, William Wallace, like yeah, like Braveheart. <laughs> so the first appearance of uh, uh, Bernard, now Bernard Quatermass, was in the Quatermass Experiment, mm. uh, which ran for six episodes, transmitted weekly on Saturday nights between the eighteenth of July and the twenty second of August, nineteen fifty three, and it was made for just. £4,000 or slightly less. Uh, the opening theme, which is an absolute banger, is Mars, Bringer of War by Gustav Holtz. <laughs> yes, Quatermass, yes. I love that they didn't, like, go, ah, should we try and think of our own theme? Now, fuck it, host. Let's get a bit of Mars Bringer of War. You know it's business time when you hear this. One morning, two hours after dawn, the first manned rocket in the history of the world takes off from the Taruma Range, Australia. The three observers see on their scanning screens a quickly receding... How do they make this? Stock footage, I think, too. Still. But it is interesting that, you know, these are like the very earliest days of of television. Stuff like this must have been so exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's a picture right now we're seeing essentially what the Earth... Yeah. Yeah, this is incredible. And there learn what is to be learned. 
or an experiment is an operation designed to discover some unknown truth. It is also a risk. When it is 1,400 miles up, all contact with the rocket is suddenly lost. Yes. Proper television, isn't it? That's, that's proper television. Yeah. So the working titles for the production were The Unbegotten and Bring Something Back, uh, the latter a line of dialogue spoken in the second yeah. episode. So set in the then near future, uh, Quatermass Experiment tells the story of the first crewed flight into space. Because of course at this point, it, that was that in itself was science fiction. No one, mm. had, no one had been into space before the moon landing. Um, I can't believe it's nineteen fifty three. Nineteen fifty three. So yeah, it tells the story of the first crewed flight to space, supervised by Quatermass. When the spaceship carrying the crew returns to Earth, two of the three astronauts are missing, and the third, Victor Caroon, is behaving strangely. Uh, it eventually becomes apparent that an alien presence entered the rocket during its flight, and Quatermass and his associates must prevent the alien from destroying the world. There's nobody there. There's no sign of either of them. What's that? They're gone. They're gone. What's going on? I don't see your As a matter of interest, this happens to be news. What's the matter? The door got swept away. Checked all the instruments. That door hasn't been opened till now. Victor, where are the others? Victor. Victor! What happened? There you go. Yeah. So the monster seen on screen in the Quatermass experiment. So you do see. You do see it. Yeah, uh, Karun transforms into into the monster. Okay. Uh, actually consisted of uh, gloves, rubber gloves, uh, covered in various uh, plant and other materials, prepared by Neil and his girlfriend and future wife Judith Kerr, who went on to become a successful author writing the Mog series, oh, of course, The Tiger Who Came to Tea, wow. and acclaimed novels for older children. So at the time, she was. Um, just his girlfriend yeah. became his wife and then had a huge incredibly successful career all of her own yeah. um, the Mass experiment was transmitted live from the BBC's original television studios at balls, didn't they, Alexandra Palace in North London Ali Pali yeah Ali Pali so each episode was rehearsed from Monday to Friday then broadcast live on the Saturday so you were saying oh this is great really atmospheric great stuff done live imagine but like back then, I guess they didn't know anything else. No, they didn't. Just, that was the only option. How it was done. Now, if you told them, like, yeah. if they were doing like a new episode of Luther, they were like, um, <laughs> Idris, you've got, you got, you got to do an alien one take. Like, you, what? You feel like people had to be better actors back then. Because they, could, they couldn't. <laughs> well, they, they had no other option. That yeah. was just the only way they did it. Everything was, was, was like a play. Yeah. You might get onto this, but is yeah. this one where they've got all the episodes? Is it all I, will, I, I will get onto uh, it. Oh, fuck. It's not good news. Uh, it's not good news. Especially, especially press since, record. But this was live. I don't care. Press record. <laughs> I love the idea that back then they were just like, ah, oh, nah. But but there was there were no repeats. I know. There, but there, was, there was no home media. What were they recording it for? I don't Why? No, just for prosperity. Just just for what? I always get that word wrong. Posterity. <laughs> there we go. Prosperity. Well, and and you know they could make some money off it. So also for prosperity. <laughs> yeah. Um, Apparently, uh, Nigel Liu had not finished scripting the serial's final two episodes before the first episode was broadcast, so very much a uh, seat of his pants. Okay. Um, now, so as you as you touched on, only two episodes 
of the six have survived. Uh, the other <laughs> fucks. The other four uh, having never I've even been, never been recorded. recorded on their live broadcast. So, 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 so mean, which ones were? Is it the first two? So you never know how. Technically, well, got, the script exists, and, okay. uh, which we will come back to. Um, but something like Doctor Who, where the episodes were produced, they were recorded, and then they've been kind of you know lost to yeah. the mists of time, which I think is worse in a way. It was like you had it, and you literally yeah. th- threw it in the bin. With this, at least, it kind of it went out into the ether, and was yeah. just that was it. They were just like, well, it's a, it's a live broadcast. Imagine if they didn't keep the scripts. Yeah, it's like ah, oh, don't hit. Yeah, just threw it away. No one, no one knows how, it, know ended. how it ended. Yeah, Nigel, what happened? Um, and actually something like that did happen, which again, we will get onto. Um, so Quatermass was played by the actor Reginald Tate, who was actually second choice for the role, which had originally been offered to Andre Morel, who turned it down, and we'll come back to Mr. Morel uh, later. Uh, appearing in a small role as a drunk was Wilfred Bramble, mm. um, who later became widely known for his role in the sitcom Steptoe and Son, of course. Yeah. Um, the Quayer Mass Experiment was a ratings hit with audience figures hitting 5 million for the final episode. Now, that doesn't sound like a huge number you know, by today's standards, but when you think how many people actually had a TV in 1953, yeah. that, was, that was a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So, the success of the Quayer Mass Experiment led to a sequel, Quayer Mass 2. Uh, so, two years later, uh, again, six episodes aired between the 22nd of October and the 26th of November, 1955. Again, rehearsed Monday to Friday and again transmitted live, this time from Studio G at the BBC's Lime Grove Studios in London. Uh, though this one, you'll be happy to hear, survives in its entirety in the BBC archives. This serial sees uh, Bernard Quatermass uh, being asked to examine strange meteorite showers. Uh, His investigations lead to his uncovering a conspiracy involving alien infiltration at the highest levels of the British government. Uh, Reginald Tate, who had played Quatermass previously, um, he died suddenly Uh, on the 23rd of August 1955, aged just 58, Uh, um, less than a month before filming on Quatermass 2 was due to begin. So he was meant to come back. I think, yeah, that was the intention, but he he died shortly before filming. Um, And that necessitated a last-minute recast with John Robinson taking the part. Is that it? Something there. It's about six inches down. Here, perhaps you better let me. No, I can do it. There's some sort of alarm over there at that place. Here, it's just like the other one. I was right. You think? I want to get some measurements quickly. Some men coming out the gates. I hope they realise this is for their own benefit. Look, it's starting to break up. Can you smell it? Yes. (coughs) Ammonia. (coughs) Dylan, there's something on your face. We don't get to see what's on his face. No. I'm glad, right, I'm glad that, because I picked that clip in particular because I was, when I was, I was thinking, all right, what's the clip I'm going to show from Quatermass 2? Yeah. And I watched um, Quatermass 2 for the first time probably about for like five years ago. So, and the one bit I remember is that bit where mm. he's got something on his face. So what is John it? Robertson, the one looking at the man with the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, his, his facial expression, yeah. he was just 
couldn't quite bleed. Just like, got something on your face. And, Fuck. <laughs> like, he, he's frozen. But I remember that moment being really like, a little, little bit scary, even yeah. though it's, you know, it's, it's TV from the olden days. But he, he's like, your face, man. There's something on your face. And yeah. it's like, oh God, what's on his face? But then I, I had to wait a week. Before yeah, you had to wait a week before you found out. What was on his face? Uh, uh, well, there's a there's like a, a mark that the aliens leave on your face and it sort of huh. means you've been like infected. But, uh, but, I watched that clip back preparing for this episode and I was like, he sort of just goes, mate, there's something on your face. And I was like, oh, it doesn't... But, but I, I was like, oh, actually, yeah, no, it's, it's, not, it's not as dramatic as I remember. Yeah, it but was. no. Okay, good, good. I'm, yeah. gl- good, I'm glad. Quite a mass too. Also features a supporting role for Roger Delgado, um, who found fame in the 1970s as the master, the original master, nice. it, the OG in Doctor Who, uh, here playing a journalist who helps... Quatermass. Uh, Quatermass 2 was commissioned specifically to help combat the BBC's new commercial rival, ITV. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, which launched a month before the serial's eventual broadcast. So the BBC was like, right, ITV's on the horizon. We got to, you know, we need something big yeah. to, to, to bat them off. Quatermass experiment had been a big hit. They were like, right, get a sequel to our biggest drama uh, to, to combat ITV. Nigel Neal was inspired by contemporary fears over secret UK Ministry of Defence research establishments such as Port and Down, mm. and also by being required as a BBC staff member to sign the Official Secrets Act. I don't know if that's different time. S- still the case. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, look, look, if you're making Michael McIntyre's the wheel, <laughs> you have to sign an agreement. Yeah. Yeah. If, you know, not, not commit treason. Not, yeah, not just an NDA. The official, the official yeah, Secrets yeah. Act is an official secret. Uh, Quater Mass 2 was even more successful than the first, drawing audiences of up to 9 million viewers in, in 1955 yeah. um, and received mostly positive reviews. <laughs> uh, though some felt it was not as strong as the first. How do you know? You can't remember it. You didn't watch it back. No, you? at the time. Yeah, but still. Two years have passed. You haven't been able to watch it back. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. You're, you're relying purely on memory. Oh, oh, oh you mean, yeah, Quater Mass experiment. Yeah. That was good. It was like, yeah. how do you know? How do you know? Do you own it on DVD? You record what, it, did you? What's DVD? Don't know. No, no. no fair point. Um, one letter received by the production team before the transmission of episode five came from a woman in Haverford West who was concerned that she would never find out what happened in the end as the week before the final episode's transmission, <laughs> she was due to move to Ireland to spend the rest of her life in a convent. I don't care. It's not, it's not my problem. <laughs> she wondered if the BBC could possibly write to her no. and let her know how the story resolved. How dare you? No, but she's like, oh, I love, I love Quatermass, but I'm going to well, become a nun. Maybe so. you shouldn't be a nun then. <laughs> It's like, it's like, God or Quatermass. Yeah, I must have told you about there's a there's a film called um Change of Change of Habit. No, where it stars Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah, and Elvis, and uh, Mary Tyler Moore is a, is a nun who falls in love with, but she's like a nun on sabbatical. Okay, and while she's on sabbatical, she falls in love with with Elvis. Naturally, <laughs> yeah, Elvis. and then but then she's like, look, I've had this great romance with Elvis. Yeah, but I have to, you know, return to. To, to the to the nunnery yeah. uh, to the convent and 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 the film literally ends with her going going to a, a church to like reconnect with with God. Who does she find in the church? It's Elvis. What? And he's like he's like performing in the church and that film. How become a priest? Yeah, and the, yeah. And the film literally ends what? with Mary Tyler Moore looking at Elvis, looking at a statue of Jesus, and being like back and I, forth. I can't. I can't. I can't choose. Like, and that's how the film ends. It's like, who's she going to pick? Elvis or Jesus? But he's in the nunnery. It's like a twi- it's like a twist. So you think is you know like um, that episode of Friends where Ross is like, who do I choose, Rachel or Bonnie? 
Yeah. And then you think he's chosen Rachel, but then Bonnie is in Rachel's room. Right. And that's the that's the twist. It's sort of like it's sort of like that where you think Mary Tyler Moore has gone, I'm picking God. But then when she goes to the church, Elvis is because he's Elvis um in the film is a is a GP, a doctor, who also sings sings like Elvis's songs. So he's not he's not famous as Elvis. He's a character. He's a G, he's a doctor. But he knows all of Elvis' dreams. It looks just like Elvis. No, no, but Elvis doesn't exist in the world of change, change oh. of habit. So, so he's just he's just a doctor. Yeah. Who also happens to like you know a bit like Carl Kennedy and Neighbors. He's yeah. like a doctor who also plays the guitar and sings and sings a Sexiest bit. Sexiest man alive. But all the songs he's written are Elvis, Elvis's songs. Yeah. So he sings like rubbernecking. <laughs> that's the that's the introduction to him. He's like. I mean, if you're gonna sing rubbernecking to a nun, <laughs> you're gonna win her over, aren't you? Yeah. 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 So what I'm saying is, this this woman had a similar thing where she was like, "God yeah. or Quater Mass." Yeah. yeah. Um, I need to know John Robinson is if he got if he got that mark off that guy's face. Yeah. Does Roger Delgado survive? Um, but what happened? Well, after some debate as to whether the letter was a journalistic trick to uncover advanced story details, Nigel Neal eventually decided that it was genuine, and he sent a reply outlining the story's conclusion. So, like these days, you would just like send her. The final episode, but it was live, so they couldn't. So he he sent her like a plot description telling her what happened. And she and they, didn't spoil it for anyone. She just no. Well, she was she was locked away in the in the convent. Yeah. So yeah, maybe she told the other nuns, but they couldn't tell so anyone either. Nuns, so. A nun's not allowed to just watch the telly. I I guess not in 1955. I don't. But know. they are now. Yeah, you wouldn't have wouldn't have that problem now. I've seen Sister Act. They they do all sorts. They sing. Yeah, yeah. They dance. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> three years later, again came. Quatermass and the pit. See, this is the thing that I think I'm thinking of. The, right. The pit being the thing in the floor. Oh, yeah, there is something in the floor here. Thank you. To be fair. It was a thing. Yeah, but not there isn't a Quatermass in the... No. Well, actually, he does go underground at I some think point. I thought it was Quatermass in the pit. <laughs> oh, like there's a Quatermass in the, in pit. the pit. So, is there, was a remake of just this one? A remake? Yeah. Well, yeah, later. We'll get on to it. Because I feel like this is the, the famous one. It is, it is. Yeah, The I'd say it's probably the most famous yeah, okay. Quatermass okay. adventure. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I, 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 feel like you're back, I feel like you're kind of retroactively <laughs> trying to make what you said make sense, and I'm not sure it does. <laughs> Quatermass and the floor. <laughs> the working tile. So this was the third and last of the BBC's Quatermass serials and was broadcast on Monday night at 8pm uh, from the 22nd of December 1958 to the 26th of January 1959. Oh, in the 50s. Yeah. 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 The Beatles are still long away. Yeah, exactly. Four years away. Yeah, still, still four years. By the time it ended, still four years away from the first episode of Doctor Who. Wow. Which was, you know, this year is 60, 60 years ago. So this is all more than 60 years old. The OG, yeah. It is the OG. Again, it was transmitted live from Studio One of the BBC's Riverside Studios in Hammersmith in London, with, again, all six episodes having survived. Good. Like the Quatermass Experiment, Quatermass 2, it was produced and directed by frequent Nigel Neal collaborator, Rudolf Cartier, uh, and was allocated a budget of £17,500, larger than that of the previous Quatermass productions. Mm. So in Quatermass and the Pit, labourers digging in Knightsbridge, London, uncover an unusual skull and an object resembling an unexploded bomb. Quatermass steps in to investigate when it becomes apparent that the object is actually an alien spacecraft. Uh, so Nigel Neal was inspired by the rebuilding of London in the 1950s after the First World... Uh, sorry, after World War II. Mm. Uh, there were huge pits dug in the process of uh, erecting new structures with workmen uncovering not just unexploded ordnance from the Blitz, but also ruins from the Roman Empire. And Neal thought, what if 
they uncovered a spaceship. Neil was also keen to explore issues linked to race and xenophobia, suggesting that certain behaviours in humans might be extraterrestrial. In origin, a commentary on embedded biases See? in our society. Head mm. of its time. Yeah. Once again, uh, Quatermass was played by a different actor. Oh. Uh, John Robinson was unavailable uh, to reprise the part. I think it's busy. It's busy. Yeah. No, yeah. better things to be done. Yeah. Um, the role was first offered to the actor Alec Clunes, father of Martin Clunes. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, no, nor did I. And so I, I, I was like, oh, Alec Clunes. And I was like, I'll just... I, Clunes, I, I was like, I'll look up his, his you know, his, his, his filmography. And then it was like, he's the father of Martin wow. Clunes. Yeah. Okay. Um, but when uh, Alec declined, the part went to Andre Morel. Have you been paying attention? This is time to shine. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So Morel... Uh, who is also known for playing Dr. Watson in the Hammer version of The Hound of the Baskervilles, opposite Peter Cushing. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Yep, as Sherlock yep. Holmes. Uh, he was the first choice to play Quatermass in the Quatermass experiment, but turned the part down. But he finally accepted the part for Quatermass and the Pit. Good. Matthew Rowley was a brave man and friend. Is that much more? Is that my boy Quatermass? There he is. Yeah. That hope lies. For they have outgrown the Martians. If another of these things should ever be found, we are armed with knowledge, but we also have knowledge of ourselves and of the ancient destructive urges in us that grow more deadly as our populations increase and approach in size and complexity those of ancient Mars. Every war crisis, witch hunt, race riot, purge, is a reminder and a warning. We are the Martians. If we cannot control the inheritance within us, this will be their second dead planet. It basically turns out that uh, the human race was create was. We're all Martians. So the Martians, what? the Martians landed on Earth. The human race is actually Martians, and the Martians like were were wiped out. They wiped themselves out, and it's sort of like, be careful because look what happened to the Martians. That's going to happen to us because we are Martians. What do you mean wipe themselves out though? With well, war and race riots. But who are we then? Well, we're the Martians who landed on Earth, but the Martians on Mars. Ah, oh. that's why it's a dead planet because the the, the Martians wiped oh. themselves out, and yeah. So that's how. How it's quite again quite bold science fiction for yeah. the fifties saying yeah. that how you know where did humans come from? Well, we're we're aliens with, with the Martians. Yeah. Uh, among the supporting cast of Quatermass and the Pit was uh, Cess Linder, who had played Felix Leiter in the nineteen sixty four James Bond film Goldfinger. Nice. Uh, Quatermass and the Pit was watched by an average audience of nine point six million viewers, peaking at eleven million for the final episode. Now, how did they how did they do the the ratings back in the fifties? I think it was that thing where was it accurate? I think, well, I think it's that thing where, which was still the case until relatively I mean, it's, recently, it's still where people would like, what were you watching? And they'd write it down in a little, in a little book. book. It's the same and for then, radio right now. And then they would extrapolate. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so they just did this. Yeah. But what if, what if they've picked like a really bad group? Yeah. And they were like, yeah, I was watching Quite a Mass in the Pit. And they're like, actually, every, all the millions of other people weren't. And they just. Watching Steptoe and some. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're all enjoying Wilfred Bramble. So One way or another. One way or another, you're yeah. enjoying Wilfred Bramble. Yeah. Uh, Nigel Neal was then approached by the producer of the BBC Two science fiction anthology series Out of the Unknown uh, to write a new one-off 75-minute Quatermass story for the programme. But 
Despite the success of Quatermass and the Pit, Neil decided to retire the character. Uh, he later said, I didn't want to go on repeating because Professor Quatermass had already saved the world from ultimate destruction yeah. three times. That seemed to me to be quite enough. He's done, he's done his two. He yeah. doesn't need to keep doing it. Yeah. He's, he needs a rest. He's, he's exhausted. Yeah. yeah. However, by the early 1970s, Neil decided to revisit Quatermass. Uh, a fourth Quatermass serial was developed at the BBC, but the broadcaster ditched the project due to spiralling costs. Neil jumped ship to ITV, where his scripts would eventually see the light of day yeah. in 1979. So, wow. So nothing in the 60s? No. And then pretty much nothing in the 70s until right at the end? Yeah, a break of 20 years. Gap wow. of 20 years okay. between uh, Quatermass and the Pit and the final Quatermass TV serial, which was simply titled Quatermass. Quatermass uh, and spanned four hour long episodes. Uh, it was originally intended to air in the S September of 1979, but industrial action ITV meant the show's launch would be delayed until the 24th of October, which is tomorrow as we record yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, and is also my birthday. Um, Quatermass was played by Oscar-nominated actor John Mills in the series. Great. Uh, which, uh, with a budget of 1.25 million. What the hell happened in 20 years? Where they were like, like, oh, uh, yeah, you can make this for like four to 17 and a half grand. And it's like, it's, no, we need, we need 1.25 million. <laughs> yeah. um, it was one of the most expensive series staged by producers Houston at that time. Even so, executive producer Johnny Goodman suggested that the budget for the show's models department was less than James Bond producer Cubby Broccoli would spend on cigars in a week. Again, Neil was inspired by contemporary events, uh, including the rise of the hippie youth movement of the late 1960s. Uh, this series sees large numbers of young people recruited into a cult known as the Planet People, who believe they will be transported to a better life on another planet. Uh, the disappearance of Quatermass's granddaughter, Hetty, leads him to investigate a mysterious alien force apparently responsible for spiriting away the Planet People. Planet People. Planet People. Can I talk to them? Talk to them? You some kind of guru? Okay, you've got one minute. <laughs> yes, you can. Listen to me! Listen to me! I'm on your side! What the? Can't hear you. I agree with you! I agree with you! I say what you do about the world, it's poison! Yeah. And it's sick! Yeah. And you want to get out of this? You can tell the leap of uh, yeah budget. Well, it's been twenty years. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, playing a small role in this series, Toya Wilcox. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unlike previous outings, which had received positive to uh, mixed reviews, Quatermass was met with an generally unenthusiastic oh, really? critical response. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nigel Neal later said he was displeased with the final product, uh, praising its high production values, but suggesting that uh, Mills was miscast in the lead role and, quote, didn't have the authority for Quatermass. Uh, a different version of Quatermass, the, the, the series, uh, recut to 100 minutes and featuring some new scenes and footage, also received a limited theatrical release and was titled The Quatermass Conclusion. So Quatermass ends with the death right. of both Quatermass and his granddaughter, uh, who sacrificed themselves, uh, de detonating a nuclear bomb to repel the alien force. <laughs> Blow up the earth. <laughs> no more sequels. Charlton Heston returns. No more Quatermass. Um, and Nigel Neal this time 
was 100% right, adamant I'm done. that he was done. Again, I'm done. I'm we're done. Quite, we're quite amassed out. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. He's done his. We have thing. reached critical quater mass. I've saved the universe five times. Yeah. Or at least four times. Four, t- four, t- four times that we know of. That's it. Yeah. He said he was done. He said, I blew him up. Blew him up. Um, I blew him up, and I don't feel inclined to invent a son of Quatermass either. Okay, well, cool. Well, uh, enjoy. Uh, and uh, So, uh, make uh, sure to uh, uh, yeah. Patreon, uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook. No, yeah. no, I'm, there is more. There is more. Podcast at tukistubeers.com. No. So, however, in the late 90s... Board game or video game? No. SNES? Uh, no, I, I don't think there's ever been a Quatermass computer no. game, actually. Um, you know, in the late 1990s, Nigel Neal did conceive an idea for a prequel. He's back. Quatermass in the Third Reich. <laughs> what? Yeah, I didn't see that coming. Uh, set in Germany in the 1930s, uh, but the BBC turned it down. <laughs> All right. Nigel, look, we're fine. <laughs> like, it's, you, had your ch- you had your shot. Uh, we asked you to come back. You said uh, no. Now you're coming to us with, with Nazis. All right. N- Nigel, we're fine. Uh, <laughs> there was, however, to be one more TV outing for Quatermass. Christmas special? No, I don't know if you, I don't know, if you know about this. Yeah. Um, so in 2005, as part of a TV on trial season examining past television trends and productions, yeah. BBC4 produced a one-off remake of the Quatermass experiment broadcast live like the live. original serial. Amazing. So, yeah. Uh, Nigel Neal, who, who was still about. How was Nigel Neal at this point? Pretty old, yeah. Uh, He acted as consultant on it. Uh, This was the BBC's first live TV drama in over 20 years and suffered only a few errors. Some fluffed lines, um, some on and off camera stumbles and some sound issues. Um, And as the end credits rolled, the cast were also seen (laughs) celebrating and congratulating, not realising they were still on air. Although if if you really want to, you can say it's sort of, they've they've thwarted the monster, so that's why they're all celebrating. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this version of the Quatermass experiment starred Jason uh, Fleming as Quatermass. A bit younger. Yeah. yeah. Alongside a bit younger, a bit sexier. Yeah. Um, no offence to Reginald nah. Tate, John Robertson, Andre Morrell, um, John Mills. Alongside a supporting cast that included Mark Gatiss, who lo- he loves he loves a bit of yeah. uh, Indira Varmer, uh, Adrian Dunbar, and David Tennant. Well, Quatermass. Well, I'm Quatermass. <laughs> That's good. Yours is good. That was alright. I'm I'm playing I'm playing Gordon Briscoe. Um, so it was it was during rehearsals for the Quatermass experiment. The tenant who played Doctor Gordon Briscoe okay. was offered the role of the tenth wow. Doctor in Doctor Who. In the live broadcast, Fleming had a bit of fun. Jason Fleming. He changed his first line to David Tennant, which was meant to be "Good to have you back, Gordon." To "Good to have you back, Doctor." Nice as a deliberate reference. I love the idea that backstage. Yeah. They all found out that he was yeah. going to be the new doctor, and everyone's like, "Yeah." Well, Tennant found out. The rest of them didn't know, but there were the you know rumors right. doing around. So they so Fleming decided to have a bit of fun with him live. Couldn't you know? Couldn't react. Okay. So there you go. All right, Victor. All right, there's nothing to worry well, about. Well, all right, Victor. There's nothing here. It's good to have you back, Doctor. So this is live. This is yeah. Okay. This blood pressure is almost impossibly low. Pulse, temperature, reflexes, they're all the same. He was perfectly fit before takeoff. Yeah, as strong as a horse. <laughs> Possible effects of acceleration pressures. It was always a thing we had to guess at. During tests, he took seven times the force of gravity. I could watch David Tennant thing, though. Yeah, he's he's good, he? charismatic. It's not just his face, you know. I mean, obviously, I have a pretty accurate knowledge of the constitution of these three men after 
hundreds of examinations during the testing. God. Well, first of all, I mean, this is the less important, but look at his skin on his wrist now. It's, um, it's swollen, coarse. Mm. That's how it would look under a magnifying glass. Only there's no glass. <laughs> bone structure. Well, I could be wrong about the length of a limb if there'd been some cartilage shrinkage, but not about the shape of bones. There's a change. I'm convinced of that. Change. Vector, vector. Changing. All right, Victor. Go back. Take it easy. Take it easy. What changed, Victor? Was it something on the ship that changed? I thought that was Garth Marenghi then, but I don't think it is. So, the Quatermass experiment uh, became BBC Four's fourth highest rated programme of all time. So, another, another ratings hit for the BBC. Higher than Top of the Pops repeat from 1978. May have been surpassed since then, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, so that's Quatermass on TV done. Oh, okay. Right. But we're not entirely done because... The popularity of the original Quatermass experiment in 1953 led to Hammer Film Productions purchasing the adaptation rights oh. and a big screen remake was released in 1955. Right, I'm confused. I feel like I've seen the film, a bits of the film. You may well have done. On, on like that's movies or whatever that channel is. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. The Hammer film was, re was titled The Quatermass experiment which with an x yeah with it with an x no e yeah, x yeah. capital x uh to emphasize its x certificate status uh, and in the u.s was renamed the creeping unknown mm. cast as the cerebral british scientist quatermass was american actor brian dunlevy who <laughs> in his own words specialized in he-men roles rough <laughs> tough and realistic just what you want nice you can't escape it Look! Nothing can destroy it. <laughs> it's coming for you from space to wipe all living things from the face of the earth. A Beware bit of plastic on, on a rail. Creeping unknown. Creeping unknown. This woman is about to learn a terrible secret. She will never be the same again. Oh, that's spoilers. Because this man knows that same secret, he will never speak again. Both of them has come terror in the form of the creeping unknown. Three men went into outer space. Only one of them came back. Came back a strange, distorted creature, haunted and possessed by something beyond human understanding. What was the terrible secret he could not tell them? There's a whole new world out there, a wilderness, uncharted. And he's been there and come back. He's got the map. Yeah, I'm quite a mess, see? Mind, <laughs> Briscoe, and find it. I know you can do it. Quite a mess. I know the strain and tension you've been under, but to stop now when we're so close. Brian Donlevy. He dared an experiment that shocked the nation. <laughs> you've destroyed him. Brian Donlevy. There's no room. It's like Brian Dennehy. Science, Judith. An experiment that created. The Creeping Unknown. What's, what's this film called? Uh, the Creeping... Something. Yeah. I want to call around the entire area, evacuate all public, get information to check up every movement that's likely to take place inside this radius tonight. Yes, sir. Warn everyone not to touch anything unusual they may find in the streets. <laughs> okay. 
just the creepy unknown starring Brian Donlevy. Starring Brian Donlevy. <laughs> My so, favourite of all the Brian. So Nigel Neal was not happy with the casting oh, was he not? of Quatermass, saying that Donlevy was, quote, on the skids <laughs> and didn't care what he was doing. He took very little interest in the making of the films or in playing the part. It was a case of take the money and run. Right. Or in the case of Mr. Donlevy, waddle. <laughs> Savage from oh, Nigel. Wow. Yeah. Did not like the cut of Brian's jib. No. no. Uh, Don Levy was also suffering from alcoholism at the time. Uh, it was some weeks into the shoot before director Val Guest became aware that the flask of coffee he always carried on set was laced with brandy. Guest found, however, that Brian was all right. No problem at all once you kept him sober. Uh, despite a mixed reviews... Um, this film was a box office hit yeah. and at Hammer were keen on a sequel. They pitched an original story to Nigel Neal, which he rejected. Uh, this rejected sequel did, however, see the light of day, released in 1956 as X, The Unknown, uh, with Quatermass replaced by a new character, atomic energy scientist Dr. Adam Royston. A proper sequel did eventually materialise a movie remake of Quatermass 2, which feels like the obvious thing to do, yeah. again directed by Val Guest and again starring... <sighs> Brian Dunleavy. Brought, brought him back. Brought back Brian. All the problems he was causing on set. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, making him the only actor wow. to play Quatermass twice on screen. Wow. Uh, Mass 2, retitled Enemy from Space in the United States and Canada, was released in 1957 and co-starred Sid James. Credited as Sidney James uh, prior to his fame in Hancock's Half Hour. <sighs> Hancock's Half Hour. And, and the Carry On films. I was right, they're coming down by the hundreds. Get Hall. Listen. Listen very carefully. <laughs> if you ever hear a sound like this, run for your life. Like what? <laughs> Guns, I guess, which, you run know, is good advice. It's too late. For if you stay, you will lose your soul. Jesus. You'll lose your soul. <laughs> closer, closer is an enemy from outer space. Outer. Enemy from space. <laughs> Sorry. Brian, Brian Dunleavy. Dunleavy. Brian Dunleavy. It came, a horrifying terror that threatened mankind, haunting and possessing every human being within range, an indestructible danger beyond all earthly understanding. Vincent Broadhead is dead. Dead? I watched him die a few hours ago in that plant, his whole body covered with some kind of corrosive poisoning. You got something on your face. It poisoned everything it touched. The mind and the body of man was no longer in his control. They ran from this unknown menace, but there was no escape. We're holding this block. We've got to. At least until the oxygen takes effect. What's in those dogs, mister? Yes, what is it? Tell us. Inside those domes, a creature from outside this earth. Are you mad? I've seen them. Thousands of tiny creatures that can join together and expand into things a hundred feet high. Again, the film defied mixed reviews uh, to become a box office success. However, People loved it. it would be 10 years before Hammer released another Quatermass film. Uh, Quatermass 2 was overshadowed by the huge success of Hammer's The Curse of Frankenstein, oh. the first of its wave of gothic horror films, uh, which made it difficult to secure funding. And Curse of Frankenstein was very much the film that kind of made Hammer Hammer. Yeah. So they were like, right, 
we're going Bugs very much going down this route now. Tell me that Don Levy is back. Afraid not. That's you've seen the last of of Brian Don Levy. Um, but in 1967 came another uh, big screen outing for Quatermass, Quatermass and the Pit, a movie version of that. Uh, the US title being Five Million Years to Earth, and it starred Scottish actor Andrew Keir as Quatermass. Running from? I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. Seen? Whom do they fear? Whom? Whom do they fear? There are five million answers to these questions. Five million. Every one of them is a shocker. <laughs> I think this is the one I've seen clips of on yeah. telly. Million years old spills into our time to make two worlds collide. What is happening here and now can affect the next five million years. It was what I was afraid of. The thing got a huge intake of energy. The very substance of it seemed to be coming alive. And you can't see this world any longer. They feel it. They see it. The archaeologist who digs back into the past to unearth more horror than the human mind can bear. The scientist who comes face to face with five million years of terror. Rudy, it's Barbara. She's the one. Get down here, quick. She can see into the pit and knows the terrifying truth. He can see into the pit, but he will not believe what he sees. They will kill me. Who? What were? Them. Them. He saw the creatures. They were alive. Alive? You descend into the pit of hell as you share their horror. Listen, I'm advising you all to leave. There may be grave danger. I tell you, this could be dangerous. Get back! Get back! I think you know, something's like it got a bit more oomph to it when we were just silent. Which we yeah, well, that uh, film just looked very stressful. It looks like yeah. a lot of lot of yeah, qu- quite like, shouting people being like, "Get back! Don't do that! Stop Go me. over there! Stop it! Stop being a pillock!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the part of Quatermass in this film was again offered to Andre Morel, who was he by now? Pretty old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 20 years have passed, yeah. at least. So he had, he had, uh, he had played uh, Quatermass yeah. in the TV version the of, of, of Quatermass in the, in the pit. Yeah, probably about, about eight, eight years earlier. Um, but he, he was not interested because he felt like he'd done it. Yeah, he saved the world far to me. Um, Andrew Keir, who did play the part, found the shoot an unhappy experience, <laughs> uh, describing it as sheer hell. <laughs> um, Reminds me of when I um, interviewed uh, Robson Green. Yeah. <laughs> Was that sheer hell? No, I asked him about, uh, you know, obviously Robinson and Graham, yeah. the era of dominating the charts in the mid-90s, yeah. and he called it his own personal 9-11. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay, I did not... I didn't, Like, he, he could have just said it was awful. That's very specific. <laughs> I was like, can I lead that with the headline? Can I, I, I don't think I did. Can I, can I quote you on that? All right. Um... <laughs> Yeah. Despite the the experience he had on the on on the film, uh, Andrew Keir would play Quatermass again thirty years later. Wow! His final performance before his death the following year, uh, making him the only actor other than Brian De Levy um, to play the role more than once. So uh, he comes back. It was this was in nineteen ninety six radio series, wow. the Quatermass Memoirs. A radio play. <laughs> Which was part documentary. Um, ex- documentary? Yeah, part documentary exploring the character's origins. and oh. So it had interviews with Nigel, Nigel Neal, yeah, and part drama. Uh, with scripted scenes, seeing Quatermass visited in retreat in Scotland by a reporter eager to write his life story. Nice. Uh, there have also been Quatermass adventures in print, uh, written by Nigel Neal, including a serialised adaptation of Quatermass 2, which ran in the Daily Express uh, from the 5th to the 20th of December 1955. Imagine and, them doing that now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like the Daily Star, just running <laughs> extracts of Quatermass 7. Ah, <laughs> oh, good time. Like, yeah, be- better times. Yeah. Um, there was also a novelization of the 1979 Quatermass serial, which contained many additional scenes and extra background uh, detail not included in the TV version. And I've actually I got that. I, I, I picked it up for like 50p, I think, in a second-hand... Like, like a charity shop. Amazing. Great, yeah. Uh, there have also been live theatrical productions, including most recently, a live script re- reading of the Quatermass Experiment performed in September 2023 wow. to mark the serial's 70th anniversary performed at Alexandra Palace in London, close to where the original TV version was broadcast and Mark Gatiss, he's back, he played Quatermass. Again, it's similar to when we did the War of the Worlds episode. Yeah. We were amazed that they were still doing, yeah. still going strong. Yeah. It's still... Yeah, yeah, and I went to see that, and it was it was great. It, it was long because they did the whole the whole thing, <laughs> but it but but it was very very good, very very uh, atmospheric. Yeah. Uh, as one of the earliest examples of British television science fiction, the legacy of Quatermass is huge, shaping everything from Alien to the X Files. Uh, Nigel Neal was actually invited to write for the X Files, but declined the offer. Love that. Not, not sure why. Nah. Yeah, I'm good. I'm, <laughs> oh, right, I'm, I'm good. Done, I've done Quatermass. Yeah. Don't need to do it. I, I've done the best. Yeah. Don't need the rest. Uh, its impact in particular can be seen on British TV sci-fi like Sapphire and Steel. Check out episode 120 of Two Geeks, Two Beers and uh, RIP David McCallum. Yeah. And Doctor Who. A number of Doctor Who stories bear similarities to the Quatermass serials. In particular, when John Pertwee's third Doctor was exiled to Earth, uh, producer Derek Sherwin explained he wanted to move the show away from wobbly jellies in outer space and ape the style of Quatermass and the pit. 1988 Doctor Who story Remembrance of the Daleks also features a reference to a Bernard who works at the British Rocket Group suggesting Quatermass could exist in the Doctor Who universe and the character was actually intended to appear in the 2013 episode Hyde Uh, but it was not possible to gain copyright clearance and instead Dougray Scott plays the Quatermass-esque Professor Alec Palmer. So it's all Quatermass-type character. Uh, Despite its influence on Doctor Who and the affection that many who worked on Doctor Who obviously had for the Quatermass serials, the feeling was not mutual. Uh. Nigel Neal turned down the chance to write for Doctor Who and openly voiced (laughs) his dislike of the series, saying, it sounded a terrible idea, and I still think it was. Wow. So there you go. It's just had no time for it. No time. Ironically. Yeah. No, yeah. No yeah. time for the Time Lord. Okay. So, and uh, th- th- that's it. We've, we've, we've yeah, covered off Quatermass. Wow. So, 
So yeah, thoughts. Yeah, I mean, see why see why your dad digged it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those. It just seems really. It's like proper. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, it's it's not like. Yeah. How do you feel about it, given that it doesn't have as much of a legacy? No. As, as it, deserves but it but it deserves a legacy but I feel like because of that it still has this shine to it yeah that hasn't been tainted by modern remakes and, yeah. and all that kind of thing and yeah there's like, never been a true well opinion may differ on Brian and Levy yeah but there's never been like a really bad quote no and I feel like because there were a lot of them are done live yeah. and um, with relatively small budgets and that kind of thing it has this kind of realism quality to yeah. it um, and the performances seem like they had to be good because yeah, fucking had to be. <laughs> <laughs> fucking had to be. Um, yeah, I, I, it's tough. I don't know which ones I should watch or if I should just watch all of them. Yeah. Well, you can't. You can't watch all of them. No. That's the thing. I, mean, I, no. I would, if you're gonna, I would say watch because you know, Quatermass Mass Experiment doesn't exist, or at least only the two episodes exist. Quatermass Mass Two, maybe not the best. I would say watch. Quite a mass in the pit, the original TV version. If you okay. want, if you want, if you want to sample it. But I'm glad. I never know with these things if you're just going to be like dismissive. Be nah, like, this, this is old. It's, it's nah. It's not for me. Nah, it looks, looks crap. It's but proper. No. I feel like it is crying out for some kind of yeah new version yeah. of some. Kind. Well, there have been like as as with all these things, you know, efforts over the years to make a new film or a new series, and it just hasn't. You happened. know, BBC have done remakes of all sorts in the last few yeah. years. Even you know, Pole Dark was a great. Remake yeah, of yeah. A, and did it properly. It was yeah. really good. Yeah. You can imagine them like going, right, come on, let's yeah. let's do a proper six part, like proper series. Get who would you cast? So because that's the thing with Quentin Mass. Yeah, he's meant to be. Is he meant to be a bit older? Is he meant? Yeah, to be like, like I'd say like middle aged. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He needs a bit of gravitas. Like Brian Cox is he a bit he's too old? He's a bit too old, maybe. Yeah, you, you, yeah. It'd be interesting to see who they'd yeah. go for. Unless you mean the scientist, because he's <laughs> yeah, he's, good. he's, he's like, like oh, the the aliens, the equator, the aliens are coming. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, he'd have yeah, he'd have the maybe not the acting chops. Anthony he'd... Head. Yeah, he'd be good. Oh yeah, that'd be good. Give him a beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like Quatermass doesn't does need a bit of facial hair. I don't know why. Like yeah, like yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's crying out for some kind of uh, update. Yeah. With a big budget, do it properly. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is it. Uh, thanks for joining us. As ever, you can find more cult TV retrospectives at twogeeks2beers.com from The Prisoner and Quantum Leap to Goodnight Sweetheart and Games Master, plus more outings covering off classic films and video games. Uh, you can also follow us on all the socials at Two Geeks Cast on Facebook, Instagram, and X, the Musk Experiment. <laughs> uh, we're also on YouTube and TikTok, where you'll find clips from episodes old and new, as well as full-length episodes. And please also rate and review the podcast via your podcast outlet of choice, where you can also subscribe. Uh, you can also become a Two Geeks supporter on Patreon at patreon.com slash Two Geeks Cast. You can sponsor the podcast in return. You can get exclusive Patreon-only minisodes, outtakes, personalized thank you videos, merch, and much more. Uh, you can also email us, podcast at twogeeks2beers.com, with any thoughts, feedback, and suggestions for future episodes. So thanks for joining us. Until next time, keep your eyes on the skies and your ears on our podcast. Well said. Over and out. So we, we we talked a lot about the you know Quatermass, a lot of them filmed, broadcast live. Very impressive. 
Is it though? Because, you know, you think about it, you made a big deal of it, but uh, broadcast as live, mm-hmm. one take, yeah. minimal editing. All I'll say is, try doing that after two beers and a whiskey chaser. <laughs> uh, we, we've done it every month for eight years and only one of our episodes ever went missing. <laughs> <laughs> only one. So... Quite a mass. Yeah. Quite a twass. <laughs> yeah. You heard. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff we just, we, yeah. we don't cut out because we can't be bothered. Yeah. Doesn't even mean anything. Nah. But nah. No. Fuck your ideas up, Nigel.